Welcome to episode 94 of The Kraken Pod, a podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, those new and old to hockey and hockey fans looking to have some fun along with you. We try to go into what lies beneath when it comes to everything Seattle Kraken and the NHL. Joey is fresh off a birthday bender in South Beach. I'm fresh off a uh, potential almost fight in my daughter's six-year-old soccer league. We'll talk more about that later on. In your Kraken reaction, do we suck again? We might. We'll discuss. And Joey has pegged a date for when we should officially panic and flush the season. We'll discuss in the Kraken reaction. NHL news. The Toothless Sharks get their first win and a hockey first for Louisiana. Great no dumb question. When a goalie gets pulled, do empty net goals count against their stats? That's a little confusing. We'll talk about it. And in our three stars of the week, we'll discuss the birthday trip, the soccer fight, and everything else. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Kraken Pod. Let's go. What is up? My name is Jeff Janusik. This is my friend and co-host, Joey Cirillo. So on a scale of like one to New York City, Burger King bathroom passed out, blackout. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> where, where, like that being a 10, where was the birthday weekend in Miami? Like a two. Awesome. Good. Yeah, there you go. All right, episode's yeah. over. I'm boring now. No, no. Um, <laughs> I saw I'll a lot of good food. Oh, my God, dude. And that was the thing. So when it comes to shenanigans, it's on a two. When it comes to the food, we're talking like a nine or a ten. So I'll talk more about this uh, later on in the episode. But, yeah, man, I I ate so much while I was there that I actually did not make it out once. I, I went to a bar the first night and had a cocktail at like 1.30 because I didn't land until like 11, 11.30. So I right. ate really late. No, that was the second night. Um. So yeah, and and uh, every every night I was there, I ate so much that uh, the birthday, the big birthday meal, I actually ate so much food that I passed out, fully clothed, shoes on, the whole deal. So there was no <laughs> there was no crazy shenanigans or anything like that. I'm sorry to disappoint people. It's okay, it's okay. The, yeah. there, there will be more of that, but as long as you had a good time for your birthday, and enjoy it was great. It. I, yeah. I mean, I was in South Beach in Miami. It was fantastic. Like this is almost forty, Jeff. You know, so I mean, this is what it is now. Welcome I'm to probably, it. I'm probably going to go on a pretty nasty bender this weekend, so we'll see. <laughs> okay. Interesting to hear more about that. Okay, great. Well, uh, yeah, um, the Seattle Kraken, you you missed Saturday night's game because you Thank were in God. Miami, and that's, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. This is a weird NHL season so far, uh, I think just in general across the league, and especially for your Seattle Kraken. So let's get to it. Here is your Kraken reaction. So this is kind of uh, funny to me is I think I kind of got my um, anger and sadness and all that sort of stuff over this team out at the very beginning. Yes. Um, and I'm still optimistic. Like I'm, I, I feel okay uh, about adorable. I'm on the opposite page. What could happen? You've now gone the other direction and you yes. now are like in a full panic mode, almost panic mode. You're not happy about the, this team. 
No, I'm not in panic mode yet, and we'll and we'll get to that in a second because we definitely need to talk about this week's games. I have an official date set for when I hit the panic button, but my overall mood is I'm I'm drinking coffee this morning out of our good vibes only mug, and my my vibes are not good. My vibes are this team fucking sucks. If I'm being completely frank here, right? Earmuffs early. It is what it is. My vibes are this is not a good team, but I'm still you know I'm still holding out some hope for the crack into kind of figure some things out, you know, get their players back healthy. Turbo should be coming back pretty soon here. You know, Berkey, we still have a couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, overall, I'm just not, I'm, I have not been happy with this team. I was taking a look at the standings this morning and also just going over the games and making some notes. And yeah, the Kraken are very, very disappointing. And I, and, you know, I'm just going to mention this right now. You and I talked about, I think, especially on the last episode, because we had the game coming up against Calgary, which happened and then we lost. And I remember you being like, Calgary's awful. Like, this is a really, really bad team. And as of this morning, the Calgary Flames, uh, <laughs> the Calgary Flames, again, early in the morning, I'm not a morning person. Uh, they have won just as uh, many uh, regulation games as the Seattle Kraken this season. Just sneezing, I can barely talk. Yep. So they, we've both won four games apiece. And again, we've just lost that matchup. They've won two in a row. We've lost two in a row. So if we're going to sit here and talk about Calgary being awful and how the Kraken should smash them at home, then we need to start you know, looking in the mirror and being like, well, if we're calling them awful, then what are we calling ourselves? Okay, that's a fair analysis. I think so. I, I think um, that, you know, yeah, we're not a good hockey team right now. We've mm-hmm. shown flashes of it. Um, I think the potential is still there. We know yes. what this team has. I, I, I do think that Turbo coming back provides... Um, a lot of energy to the team. Just when he, same thing as last year when he came back, you know, things just kind of gelled and solidified. I, I like where Maddie Beneers is going. He, look, you were, we're coming off of the game uh, against Arizona um, in Arizona last night. And while Maddie didn't score, he was involved in a bunch of goals. So mm-hmm. he's starting to do his thing. And I don't know. I think there's still positive stuff there, but you know, let's get to it. So, like I said, you know, we played Arizona last night, but let's go back in time. And let's start from, you know, the last podcast. And uh, that was what? Just over a week ago. Yes. And following uh, special. The, you know, and so like the Nashville Predators, right? Like Nashville in my entire existence as a hockey fan, for as long as the Predators have been around, they are normally a mid to upper level team. They've had some years where they're really bad. But whenever I think of the Nashville Predators, I think of them as like a benchmark. Like they're okay. Like they're just in the middle of the road. Calgary beat them last night, but we beat them last Thursday. Yes. Right. Yes. So that kind of leads into the Calgary thing. So my, my thing here is this, is this is where I still think we're like a mid team with the potential to be better, but let's go back to Thursday's game versus Nashville. Yeah. This is the only good game, you know, from this past week, the Kraken ended up winning the game four to two. But if you actually paid attention to the game, the first two periods, the team did not look good at all. And once again, it was the goaltending, that kept Seattle in the game. I mean, Grubauer had 33 saves. 14 of 15 of those saves came in the second period when the Kraken were just looking like really discombobulated. They were not looking like a good team. They were struggling. Uh, a funny side note here, Grubauer actually took the, his first penalty that he's had in the past eight years. He got called for tripping in the second period. That was really funny, and we've covered this before in a no-dumb questions, like what happens when a goalie gets a penalty? Like, do they get pulled? Is there an empty net situation? No, like they remain on the ice, which is really funny because Grubauer is making some jokes about it post game. But 
No, Grubauer was fantastic. 33 saves on the night. Uh, Dumoulin gets a goal in the second period. Father Canner and Bjorkstrand, they each get goals in the first period. Um, and this is actually, and this is hilarious because you called this. I can't fucking believe that you had this right. Uh, this is the first time in his career that Dumoulin has scored in back-to-back games. And you, Jeff, probably the only person on the planet for the Good Vibes Only Parlay, you had this down as Dumoulin scoring a goal. It's the only time he's done this in his career, back-to-back goals. How the hell did you call this? Well, that was luck. I mean, I've lost, I've probably <laughs> lost more Good Vibes Parlays than, than, but I just felt good about what he was doing. Like, he's the newer guys are still providing spark, and they're trying to show that they uh, deserve to be on this team. The rest of the team, I don't know. But anyway, I just I kind of felt like, you know what? I'm going to take a chance here. Some really good odds. So, yeah, I felt pretty awesome about that. So, yeah, all in all, good vibes for the for the Nashville game. Um, those, those odds should have been like plus 10,000. Like you should have woken up Jeff Bezos level rich from that. Oh, it was, it was, that's ridiculous. Well, here's what was cool is we went into that game. And I think it was it Kraken Canada, I think, that challenged us. Um, basically, like I was on the hook if and I said, yes, I'll do it. If uh-huh. the... Uh, if Maddie Benier scores his first goal, I would buy beers for Beniers, like for everybody, right? Yes, yes, and yes, it, yes. So, like, the, it was uh, some good vibes going into that game because there was some excitement there. We were, tr- we were trying to hope that, you know, I, honestly, I was like ready to figure out how to do that. I was basically what I was going to do was reach out to some bars in the Seattle area and be like, "Hey, look, if uh, if I put up some money, can you guys match it? And can we buy like beers for the first like twenty people or something like that?" Um, and that's what I was going to do. So I felt really good. So there's some good vibes going, good energy going into this game. And maybe, maybe honestly, Joey, like maybe you and I are like the catalyst that gets this team winning because when there's good vibes around a game, you know, good things happen. So, you know, that, you know, Dundertaker scores a goal, which is awesome. Um, He's tied for like the league, the, the team lead in in points, which is fantastic. Um, As of today, I have a note on that. I have a note on that later. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. We got some, we got some cool stuff going on. At least there's some highlights for this team. But anyway, um, there were good vibes going into that game. Maddie did not get his 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 goal, but uh, I did win that parlay, which is awesome. Also, I thought it was very funny. Is with Gru's penalty, uh, I saw like it was fifty fifty. You know, Kraken fans were were going off and they're like, "Oh, you shouldn't have got that." He did that on purpose. Like he tripped. It was totally justified and yeah. and hilarious. And after the game too. Um, I don't know exactly what he said. I'm, you know, um, not quoting Gru here, but um, he said something. They said, "Hey, did you did you trip that guy on purpose?" And he was like, "That's for me to know and for you to find out." <laughs> I saw that quote. That was funny. It was something an like that quote. Yeah, Dundertaker, the goal in the third period off the faceoff. It was great, actually. So again, the game was four to two, and both of Nashville's goals came on the power play, which is not a good sign. Like if things start to swing the other way. Uh, you know, for the PK for Seattle, which has been one of the few bright spots for the team this season. Just something to keep an eye on because uh, Nashville, out of those two goals, they had five power play opportunities on the game in the previous game. They played against Vancouver. They were 0 for 4 on the power play there. But whatever, it's all good. The team didn't look great. They came together when it needed when needed the most. And Grubauer's out there tripping dudes and stopping shots. And it was great. So the Seattle Kraken ended up winning 4-2. to two. And this is the winning streak that I called. I was like, the Kraken are going to go home. They're going to take care of Nashville. And then we can get things rolling. And I was being a little too optimistic because I was like, okay, this shitty Calgary team is coming into Seattle. This is where we can start to get momentum. Because that's the biggest thing that I've noticed uh, throughout this season so far is that there have been really positive moments for the team. 
And for whatever reason, every time I think that this is the moment that the organization can like use those moments to kind of rally and build upon and use it as momentum moving forward, they always kind of, they, they, they fall flat on their face. And I'm like, at what point are you going to be able to take this momentum and run with it? And that for me has been one of the biggest things that I've been keeping an eye on. And again, going to the Calgary game and I missed this game, but I made plenty of notes on it, but the Seattle Kraken ended up losing six to three. Thank God I was in Miami and couldn't watch it. I was kind of tracking it on my phone and it was so freaking depressing. I had to like disassociate from the Seattle Kraken for a night. So thank you for covering that for me, Jeff. Yeah, I did my best. I fell asleep eventually. Uh, yeah, as you should. I usually, usually do. And um, they put me to sleep. I'm just going to say they put me to sleep. Um, it was, it was a, it was a crappy game. I, I thought that, uh, you know, Mars Capone cheese, Mangiapane. I think that that check to the back of the head, he got one game suspension for that, um, which was a joke. Like, like Jared McCann is constantly getting his ass kicked. Yes. <laughs> and he, yes. And what's awesome though, is he just keeps scoring goals. Like it keeps us like being a badass. And I think it's great. So like if, if we've triggered, you know, like bizarro world or like, you know, super angry Hulk, father canner then so be it whatever as long as he just doesn't get knocked out for for a while so um yeah, couldn't agree more you know calgary uh like i mentioned at the beginning they won last night they beat nashville last night so like you know calgary at the beginning of the season a lot of people were like well this is going to be a good team and they started off you know slow and i think you know i referenced this again at the beginning of the podcast is there's a lot of there's a lot of strange circumstances around the league. There's some teams that are slow to get going. That should be good. Like Edmonton. Um, so, you know, that's where I think like the Kraken have, have some chances here, the Calgary game. Let's flush that. And then let's get to let to last night um, at Arizona. Now, look, something to keep in mind is like Arizona's only a couple of points ahead of us in the Western conference standings, but they've been, a, they've been a solid team. They're not, they're not a bottom dwelling team anymore they're young they're getting great goaltending um they've got some really good things going on so let's break yes. this game down at mullet arena which uh which is like I, I need to get into this arena to see a hockey game before they go to another arena or go to another city because i agree while this looks like a shit show arena like piper shaw is tweeting again uh just like last year her setup behind the scenes like she's like basically at a card table um, I think in the tunnel leading out to the ice, like with a little like uh, um, step and repeat Seattle Kraken thing behind her. And she's like basically like set up and all the wires and all that sort of stuff. And then we Dude, had that that fucking the first thought I had when I saw that was Bill's Mafia has better tables that they jump off of cars onto as they pregame for Buffalo Bills games like hers. Her table setup is so ridiculous. Like Bill's Mafia has a better setup than that. And they're lighting shit on fire and jumping onto yeah. it. So I mean, and, like. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I have to like, I know we're glossing over it because it was a really bad loss, but I will say one thing about the loss against Calgary or two things rather one, the Seattle Kraken had a two one or had a lead after the first period. And it was tied going to the third and they just overall sucked. Uh, but overall, and again, this is a game that I missed, but I went through and I watched highlights and looked at notes. 20 shots on net for the entire game is inexcusable. You're not going to win a game like that. The Kraken got completely outplayed. They're not putting pucks on net. And they end up losing is a really bad game. Now, I just, I need to move on, uh, like you said, to the game against Arizona. I agree, man. Mold Arena. Like, this is an arena that we absolutely need to visit. 5,000 person capacity. 
I was making a joke last night on Twitter about how Mold Arena is so bad that even the, the video cameras don't work there because there was a like technical difficulties with the broadcast. That was funny. We couldn't see anything. And then we could see things. You couldn't hear anything. And I'm like, dude, this is classic Mold Arena. But it is a cool feel. Like when you're watching the game, I can't imagine how it is in person. But when you're watching it on the TV, everything just feels so much tighter. I mean, you only have 5,000 people in there. And by the way, Kraken fans were freaking repping, dude. They were showing out deep in Arizona. I was loving it. There was a handful of people that I saw with like the Coachella Valley Firebirds. They had those sweaters on. Again, I call them sweaters. You call them jerseys. I'm an old school hockey fan. You are not. And like just awesome cracking gear in the stands, man. Like I'm a fan of Mold Arena. Like people, you know, at first kind of joking on it. And obviously it's an issue that this is an arena for an NHL team. But, you know, it's only temporary. And for the time being, I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of into it. Oh, totally. I think that's kind of cool. It's like, you know, look, we're we're never going to be in the United States, you know, like a, a major, major sport. Like, you know what yes. I mean? You know, we're, we're, I think we're honorably put into, you know, the four major sports. Right. Um, and it's, it's true, but I kind of like being a boutique sport and I think there should be more of this possibly. Like what if there's more boutique games like this, where pay a premium to be really up close where all the seats are like right there on top. And it's that college vibe, which the college hockey, a lot of arenas are really fun to go to. So I think this mm-hmm. is pretty neat. But yeah, it is kind of a shit show still, which is which is funny. But this yeah. game last night was interesting to me because, you know, the Coyotes are a decent team. They're young. Like I mentioned, the good goaltending. And some things stood out to me from both teams here. So why don't you run down through to, like your observations here? And I got a couple of notes to share. I had to share it last night, and I shared the uh, the photo of Ben Affleck standing outside smoking a cigarette, looking like he's just fucking over everything, just because, like, and I mean, like, over everything, because, again, the Seattle Kraken go to another shootout. They lose 4-3 to three in a shootout. The Kraken have lost their last four out of their six games. This is the fifth time this season already that the Seattle Kraken have gone to overtime, period. They've only won two out of those five. And I saw this is a great, great, great stat. And shout out to the boys over at Emerald City Hockey. They shared this last night after the game. The Kraken have lost their last six shootouts. It has been, this is last night, so I'll tack on one more day. 571 days since the Seattle Kraken have won a shootout. This is not a thing that we're just saying and we're joking about like, oh, ha, 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 you know, put the big cat out there. It's fucking, it's a thing, Jeff. 571 days. Like, when you, whenever the Kraken go to a shootout, all the opposing team has to do is get one goal in net. And by the way, that's exactly what Arizona did last night in order to secure the victory. And it's freaking exhausting watching it because not only is everyone just over it, there were so many people being like, I just want to go to bed and the Kraken are playing overtime again. And I'm like, yeah, I could not agree with you more. And then when it goes, to, when it goes into a shootout, I'm like, you know what? At this point, just give the other team the point and let us go home because we know what's going to happen. It's fucking embarrassing. If I'm being frank. And at some point, I, I don't know. Is it a mental thing? Like if we were to take the guys that we have in the shootout right now, is it Bjorkstrand, Eberly, and Beniers and swap them out for three more? Would that mess with their confidence, Jeff? This is a, a sincere question because it's like, they're not doing anything. And at some point, it's like, do we just swap them out fully? I mean, what's going on? I mean, fucking do like an all defense lineup out there. Put like Dundertaker, Big Rig, and the Big Cat. I mean, like at some point, there has to be something the team can do because this is not working. I don't understand how like these guys have shots. So here's my two takeaways is 
number one, yes, you're right. That you, you can't let I, I I can't let I love Evs, but you he can't he can't be in the shootout anymore. No more. You've you've lost you've lost that shot. Like even though I think we we broke this down a couple episodes ago, I think he's like the you know the the leader in in cracking history as far as shootout goals, which is like I think we've scored four in our history probably. Um, and you nailed it with like we just we can't score. There's no creativity. There's nothing. So like honestly, I was thinking this morning is like I need to make a video where a cracking coach is holding open auditions for shootout like shootout you know, folks who like perform in the shootout. And that's what it should be. I think it should be, Hey, who here hasn't taken uh NHL uh, shootout uh, chance here? Okay. You're in, you're in, you're in next time. We're, we're doing this right now. And I think this is what should happen. It shouldn't be the same guys doing this over and over again because it's broken. And, and I think this comes down to what's broken is like, what, what were we known for last year is we were, we were known for scoring, um, you know, five on five, like, you know, full strength. We could just score goals like crazy, but when it came Best to spe- league. Yep. When it came to special teams, we, we not good. Right. And that's the same special teams we got. And I, I consider a shootout, a special teams situation. So you got the shootout, you got the power play and you got the penalty kill. And last night, the penalty kill, not good. The other, the, and the power play like is, is okay. It's better. I think the the power play this year arguably is better than it was last year. Which is so sad. far sad. Which is sad. But here's the th- here's what I noticed last night, which was awesome. Is I, they really need to dive into? I think some more set plays, and I think they have them. Um, but like some more set plays. For example, Clayton Keller's two power play goals, mm-hmm. the same exact goal. It was phenomenal to watch this young team figure out like this is a play that I think probably 80% of the time is going to result in a goal on the power play. And that was basically, uh, you know, he sets up on the right, right circle. Right. Mm-hmm. And he basically, the, the puck gets passed into the middle and then it's a quick, uh, you know, dump down to Clayton Keller on that right circle pass to the center in the middle and then right back to Clayton Keller for that one timer and the top shelf. He did this. He did that twice. Yeah. So what that tells me is two things is penalty kill. Didn't catch on to that same exact setup, same exact situation. Somebody should have been all over Clayton Keller. So that was bad on us, but what an awesome set play where I guarantee you who Clayton Keller is a great young scorer in this league. I guarantee you like at practice every day, he's sitting there right right there in that same exact spot, taking a hundred shots and just cranking them, cranking them, cranking them, cranking them and, and just getting really good at that one thing. And that's what we got to figure out for us. You know, last year it was kind of, that was kind of Maddie Beneers spot. Like Maddie Beneers could steal that same exact play, work on it over and over and over again, perfect that shot. And he could do that. That could be his, his deal. So I, it's, it comes back to zooming out, creativity on offense, which we just don't necessarily have um, because I think part of this is, and I'm just analyzing on the fly turbo not being around and turbo brings an element of um, uh, I think chaos and uh, an element of hustle. He works his ass off. He's out there making things happen. And he's kind of like the grease that gets the, five on five scoring goal going and get and getting those gears turning. He's not around. So like, I think he's a big part of that. So we're missing that. 
but we've got to figure out how to come up with some set plays on power plays. So we know this is our go-to. It's like an unstoppable thing, which obviously last night, Clayton Keller's goals and that exact play was unstoppable. I want to see the Kraken start to work on those sorts of things through this season. Like if we, if we don't make playoffs and this is like a, a bummer season and we've gone like downhill a little bit, we need to come away with like some very clear progress in a few of these areas at the least. Yeah, I I agree with everything you just said. I'm glad you mentioned the power play because at this point, there's pretty much only one person I trust with the strong PP for the Seattle crack. And that's freaking Jaden Schwartz, man. Schwartzy has been Schwartzy. incredible. He had a goal. He had a power play goal last night. And this is going back to first season when we coined the term crack and shit and typical crack and shit. Couldn't even finish celebrating because the Yotes end up scoring 42 seconds later to even up the game. But Schwartzy gets a goal. And I look it up. He has six goals this season, which is tied for the team lead. Bjork, Strand, and Canner each have six. And four out of his six goals, Jeff, have been on the power play. And he also leads the team in overall points with 11. And the people behind him right now are Bjork, Strand, and Dunn. They are second with 10 points apiece. But his four power play goals are double that of the next leading Seattle Kraken uh, player that has two. So I said this like a week or two ago without looking at any stats, just watching the games. I'm like, I think Schwartz might be my early season MVP candidate for this Seattle Kraken. And I, when I looked at the stats this morning, I was not surprised to see that whatsoever. So Schwartz, is hot. I, I need to see the rest of the team get going like him. I really don't know uh, what else is going on. The only other thing I will have to say, well, two things, I guess, really, is that I did like the way Matty Beniers actually looked in this game. I think he was setting up guys a lot. He was skating really well, but he's just not getting pucks in the back of the net. And in fact, it was a couple of games ago in a post-game presser, Dave Haxel was talking about puts one in the back of the net where it bounces off his ass. Eventually, it's going to go in, which I thought that was a really funny quote. I actually liked the way that Matty looked this game. The only... The only moment where you're like, oh, my God, we wanted it so bad. A minute and six seconds left in the third period. Tie game. Maddie gets a clean breakaway. And the shot that he puts on net was really weak. Now, in his defense, watching that play, the puck is bouncing around a lot. Like, it looks like he couldn't really get it settled there. But he had a really good opportunity to get his first goal of the season at a time when the Seattle Kraken needed it. It did not go through. And the only other note I will make aside from that is this is Joey Decord's you know, coming home. I mean, Joey Decord played at Arizona State. It was huge for him to go back. You know, he gave like a speech to the locker room at the Arizona State team beforehand. I mean, when he was playing there, Jeff, they were playing at a freaking rec league that was two miles off of campus. So this is like the house that Joey built. So it's really cool that Decord got to go back there and that Mullet Arena for him is an upgrade because he was playing at a freaking rec league while he was in college. So that that for me is is the biggest two takeaways uh, coming from the game. But you know the crack end up losing in another shootout, and at this point, when they go to a shootout, we know exactly what the results are going to be. It's lame. It's totally lame, and yeah. we just look completely different than any other team in the shootout because it's just it's just like literally like this. It's kind of like that if you played NHL like the video game. You know, like this is episode ninety four, and I I think ninety four literally. I always think of NHL ninety four like one of the greatest video games ever yeah. and like it, it's almost like if you are on a breakaway in that game and then you just like your mom called you to like clean up the your room because you didn't do it and you put down the controller as the guy's skating towards the net and the puck just kind of like skitters off into the corner mm-hmm. 
that's exactly how the Kraken look in shootouts. Yeah. There you, know you know go. I mean? So the okay. controller, yeah. the controller gets put down, right? You Meanwhile, might even have a better odds of scoring in the game in that scenario than you would the Kraken in real life. Like maybe you set down the controller and you put it upside down and a button gets mashed by accident. Right. And then you end yep. up scoring by accident. Yep. The Kraken don't even have a chance of doing that. So because of that, and because of last night's game and just overall vibes of the team, Jeff, I officially have a panic a panic button date for the Seattle Kraken. This is where you're going to freak out and be like, I think the season is toast and we're screwed. I think the season's toast. I think I have to, I, I think that I and we as a collective need to admit that this team sucks. And I have a date set specifically for that. Okay. What is it? Uh, November 24th. So from everything. And so from everything I've just been, you, you know, put this right in the middle of the holiday. Again, that's I'm a, that's I'm a long time Friday, hockey right? fan. I've been watching hockey my entire life. Everyone knows Detroit Red Wings growing up, now Seattle Kraken. That's just how I roll. You're new to everything. No, so just looking at it, like, it makes a lot of sense for us right now to be, you know, critical of the team and to be able to look at them and be like, all right, here's the pain points, but to also still hold out hope. And I am holding out hope for the team. With that said, there comes a certain point in the season where I think you have a pretty good sample size and you have an understanding of who's of what this team is and what their identity is. And for me, that's, that's Thanksgiving. You know, that's 20 plus games into the season. That's late November, early December. And don't get me wrong. Teams can definitely change after that. But I think at that period, you have a pretty good idea of what the team is going to look like. And the reason why I say November 24th is because that is the day after, or maybe the same night, I think it's the same night, actually, that the Seattle Kraken are home against Vancouver, which, by the way, Vancouver is hot right now. So the Seattle Kraken play Vancouver, but it will also be the 22nd game into the season. Good sample size. I mean, you're looking at like, well, like a quarter of the way in. I can't do math. A little bit over the quarter of the way into the season. And I also just think by that point, we'll have a really good, you know, feel for what this team looks like. So I'm giving the Kraken like a three-week window before I hit the, uh, the panic button officially. I initially didn't like that date, but now I kind of do because Vancouver is is one of the best teams in the league. It's not, yeah, not hot. I don't know what the hell is happening there. I can't tell if they're fluky or not. But guess what? No, I'll I'll, no. I'll, I'll be able to look at them and, and be able to determine that, you know, in a couple of weeks as well. So, well, I, I'm looking at like the standings and uh, I was going to break down a couple of things with the Kraken. Yeah. Um, but Vancouver is is really good because Thatcher Demko is one of the best goalies in the league. Um, they've they've had like great players right like Elias uh, Pedersen um he's fantastic um Hughes on the back end like he's he's um uh fantastic um anyway so like they're a really good team right so Vancouver's a really good team so like that is a good date because you know if we beat Vancouver then that shows some life here I, the Kraken are kind of like they're just stuck in in they're not in the middle right they're they're towards the bottom like in in the Pacific we're in fifth place with 11 points you know the Golden Knights still rolling um, at the top there, but the, some of these stats are a little weird when it comes to the Kraken. Where I kind of like they're stuck in like bizarro world. They're kind of stuck in like in purgatory because if you if you look at their stats like as a whole in the conference, right? Um, you know the the point differential. You know basically like they're like the difference between their goals for and goals against. By the way, Vancouver's at the top. Uh, although they did just get 10 goals when they when they laid down 10 goals against the San Jose Sharks. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a little deceiving there. But they're at the top plus 30, right? 
And then at the very bottom is the Sharks with minus 42, Oosh. which is like absolutely bananas. Like that is that is like, uh, I think, 30 more, you know, 30, whatever, like 30 in the red more than any other closest team. Yeah. Um, the Kraken are at minus 12. Good for like 11 out of 14 or out of 16 teams. Right. So that's mm. not good. So that's telling me is we're not scoring enough and we're definitely not keeping enough out of the net. Now we've been saying for this whole season so far, goaltending looks pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, if you w- went goal by goal, by goal, by, by goal, that, uh, that's would stand true. So that, that tells me the defense is a little suspect, but if you break down their record home record right now, two, three, and oh, um, the away record two, three, and three, <laughs> <laughs> right overtime games i swear yeah totally shootout shootout loss oh and two yeah absolutely last 10 four four and two mm-hmm. so like we're just kind of we're you know other teams out there that are like ahead of us I've, i'm seeing like the flames are three six and one they've won two in a row like you mentioned like yeah. we're just kind of like in the middle of everything like our home record is eh, eh, a little you know under 500 our away record is a little under 500 you know we pulled off some some uh you know overtime points there so like this team is still kind of just right there like they they could turn it around at any point they could limp through the season for a little bit but they do have to turn this on at some point so i agree with you uh uh a good effort against uh vancouver would be awesome but let's get into what's coming up this week and and no no you know easy task is we're going to see colorado twice yes and edmonton i think yes. to me Obviously, Colorado's gonna be fun because we hate Colorado and there's so much anger there, um, especially after you know, you know, playing them already and all that good stuff. Can't stand them. Um, but what I'm looking at is Edmonton. And what I don't want to have happen is I don't want to be because Edmonton's in disarray, they can't figure shit out. Um, they are struggling, goaltending's terrible. Um, they just put their goalie on waivers yesterday. Jack Campbell, he's gone. He just can't, he can't, they can't figure it out. Um but I don't want to be Edmonton's, um, you know, rebound team. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to. I, we have to like pile on them. So we we need one. I would. We need one win against Colorado, or at least a really good effort. And we got to beat Edmonton. I for me, I'm looking at this, and I think I'm going to officially dub this my uh, shit sandwich of the week because this is like you know, there's three games with the shitty team in the middle, and. I'm with you, Jeff. I my biggest fear right now is that we are actually going to catch Edmonton at the exact wrong time. I mean, they are in full blown panic mode. So yes, like you just alluded to, we had the Colorado Avalanche two out of the next three games. Thursday, uh, we're at Colorado. We play them again Monday at Comet Pledge Arena. Well, the last time we played them, I'm sure everyone remembers. I know we certainly do. Uh, October seventeenth. And the Avalanche handed our asses to us four to one. Um, there was also, you know, the fight with Eberly for the hit on was it Cogliano last year and all that stuff. And, you know, the Kraken not doing their thing to defend Father Canner, all of that shit. You know, that's all a wash now. The team's just going to play. It's going to be a physical game. Uh, these two teams, I don't know if they really like each other. The fan bases certainly don't. I think it's I think it's entertaining as hell. I love like the vitriol that comes at us from as fans. Bring it on. I am going to be poking the hell out of that bear uh, over the next two games. But then Saturday, and this is the big one. I mean, I know, like, I, I love I love when Seattle plays Colorado. And I also love the Avalanche fans coming out being like, you guys are haters. I love, I actually, 
I'm going to get some shit from Kraken fans for us. I really, really enjoy the the Colorado Avalanche. I sincerely do. Um, I mean, I, I grew up like when I was a kid. I lived in Denver for a period of time. I mean, I was really young, and like that team was pretty new. And I like got to meet a bunch of players and the mascot, and got like autographs and all sorts of stuff. Like that was my first my first memory, uh, you know, as a as like a young person with any kind of nhl interaction so for me that's all like and i and i like watched the ass for a period of time i mean i lived in denver for a freaking decade so for me i actually do root for them against the kraken absolutely not so i'm curious to see how those games go and again i think and this is my big worry jeff i think we're going to catch edmonton at the wrong time because they know exactly what's going on campbell has statistically been and he is the worst goalie in the entire league they are in full-blown panic mode, like you just alluded to. They put him on waivers. They're done with it. They're, they're done fucking around and wasting their time. You have, you have McDavid coming back. He came back early because they really wanted him to play against that game in Calgary. He is um, uh, against Calgary. He has not looked good since coming back. It's like they kind of rushed him back early a little bit. I don't know what's going on, but he's frustrated. The team's frustrated. And because it's Edmonton, it's a it's a team based in Canada, they are freaking the fuck out up there. And they're not going to stand by for this. Like, if this were a Seattle Kraken situation, we're probably going to ride this until the freaking blades fall off. Because the the reality is the Seattle Kraken are not the, you know, what uh, what Seattle fans live and breathe and die over. That is not the situation in Edmonton. They're losing their shit. And I forgot the kid's name, but they have an AHL goalie right now. And again, I forgot. I was trying to pull up his name right now, but I didn't have time. Um, and he leads the AHL in save percentage. I mean, he's the number one goalie in the AHL for the Edmonton Oilers. They can call him up at any point in time. I mean, they got like a Joey Decord waiting in the wings who's like, okay, I, I can probably do a better job than Campbell. So when you're ready, you just go ahead and give me a call. And I don't know if you saw this, but there's also rumors that the Edmonton Oilers are interested in going after Jordan Bennington of St. Louis and bring him to Edmonton, which so help me God, I swear to baby Jesus, if Edmonton for some reason wants to bring in that degenerate piece of shit, I am not going to be happy. You'll give me an extra reason to root against them. But my whole point is, is that Edmonton right now, they realize that like this is their moment for them to turn their season around. They're not waiting until like around the Thanksgiving day or anything like that. They have the best player in the league. The fan base is on fire. The organization is pissed off. And I really, really hoping we don't catch them at the wrong time. And we are, you know, one of the teams they start to turn things around against. But we have to be careful for that because there's a really good chance of that happening. Uh, I, I agree with you 100%. And it's terrifying. Um, I don't I like actually, it. I don't like it, Jeff. Well, we, we always play it's always a good game against Edmonton with yeah. the Kraken. So I think we'll get that. And then Colorado, we got to see that, that uh, I think passion also too. Uh, you know, taking away the, the personalized Bennington hate here. I, th I mm -hmm. love, I love that move. I think that would be awesome for Edmonton if they could pull that off. So no, I agree, but I also hate it because he's a giant piece of shit. No one, I can't let anybody forget that his girlfriend peed in the Stanley cup. So Vander Kane and Jordan Bennington on the same team. So oh, great. Go. Yeah. Why yeah. don't you just get, you know, Michael Myers and Michael Myers and Freddie Krueger while you're at it. Hey, look, they got to, they got to, you know, maybe that's the way they go. They go villain and yeah. Connor McDavid just like starts, you know, murdering people and just I say, listen, we want to bring you on to the team, but according to this, uh, you know, criminal record history, you have no felonies and I'm sorry, but we only bring on people who are bona fide pieces of shit to this organization. Well, I think Kraken, <laughs> uh, yes, I like that. Might, might as well. They've tried everything else. You might as well just, just do that. Um, yes. 
so the Kraken, you know, we've got some games coming up um, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, and then we'll have another episode of the podcast. NHL news. Um, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend because you were uh, in uh, Miami, but in the Miami, Sharks, bitch. The, yeah. the, the Sharks just, I mean, they, they have nobody on the team. They're just wrecked by injuries and mm. um, they're basically an AHL team. And over the weekend, they lost to Vancouver like 10 to 1 and then like Pittsburgh 10 to 2 or something crazy like that. They basically gave up 10 plus goals in each of those games Mm -hmm. and got to give props to the uh, San Jose Sharks admin, the the social media, because they're hilariously just like after the they lose to Vancouver, like 10 to 1 or whatever it was, they just basically, you know, put the score out and said, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) But they got their first win of the season last night, Monday night. Um, Yes against Philly Philly also not good uh but they they stopped the bleeding and they beat Philadelphia two to one mm-hmm. um so that's good I'm glad you know look the sharks are are bad um they're looking at that draft um you know the the season is a complete rebuild season it's it's been that way for a little while now um so I really can't hate on the sharks anymore it's more of like a ugh, man so I'm glad to see they got that that two one win and they had to win over another bottom feeder team like Philadelphia. Um, yeah, eventually they're going to get a win or two. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. You know what I'm saying? Go. I mean, like it, it is what it is. And then this is kind of cool is this is a first for the state of Louisiana where Joey and I live. Um, hockey is, if you if you couldn't guess, not super popular in Louisiana. Um, you know, ice is foreign to this state for the most part, but uh, Mason Laurie became the first hockey player born in Louisiana to ever suit up for an NHL regular season or playoff game on Thursday night, last Thursday night for the Boston Bruins. This is according to NOLA.com. Louisiana has served home to minor league hockey teams off and on. We just, we've got another one. We got a new one, which I'm planning to go to in um, Baton Rouge. Uh, They're the, the Zydeco, the Baton Rouge Zydeco. They're starting. Uh But anyway, this this dude was born in Baton Rouge in 2001. His dad was the head coach of what was the Baton Rouge Kingfish of the East Coast Hockey League. Nice. And his dad coached all over the place. So that's how he got into hockey. And, you know, his dad went all around the country, you know, coaching hockey. And he grew up playing hockey. So Lori's like a top prospect, a defenseman. He's a top prospect for the Bruins. So um, he got called in to play um, as the Bruins beat the Maple Leafs three to two and yeah, he had a nice- hot, by the way, that team is freaking on fire. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Both. Yeah. The Bruins and the Leafs, both really good teams. Um, the Leafs came back after being down to Tampa Bay the other night, four to one, and they ended up winning six, five, which Jesus. was incredible. Um, so the Leafs got some fight there, but anyway, that was pretty cool. So the first ever, uh, NHL player from the state of Louisiana, Mason Laurie. So props to him. So that's our NHL notes uh, for the week. Yeah. The only thing uh, we're familiar with ice down here is it's what you put in your drink. Exactly. That's that's really it. I mean, that's the extent of it. I don't even know how this guy got ice time as a kid. So props to Mason Laurie. Yep. Pretty awesome. So uh, love to see it. Um, Now, Joey mentioned the, the same game parlay, the, the, the positive vibes parlays, the, the, the positive vibes parlay earlier the vibes only come on man come on it's only been three years i know i can't i can't i gotta we gotta brand that thing i wish <laughs> DraftKings needs to sponsor this thing i tell you what um we need like our own kraken pod code as well uh but anyway DraftKings sportsbook um still throwing bets down having fun with all the sports nhl right now and then you know obviously like football too um so another week of football if you are new to DraftKings sportsbook uh, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. 
All you got to do is put $5 down if you're a new customer and you'll walk away an instant winner. There's tons of uh, cool promotions every single week for football, all the time for hockey, any sport really, college football, there's promotions. It's like stepped up, same game parlays. It's like bonuses. It's really cool. So there's always a way to possibly win extra cash from DraftKings Sportsbook. Here's what you have to do is download the app now. Sign up with code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. That's THPN. New customers can bet just $5. You get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. See our show notes for details. And Raycon, too, thanks to them for sponsoring the Kraken Pod. Raycon is all about high-quality audio without the high price that you get from other big-name brands. Raycon, we're talking about earbuds, wireless Bluetooth speakers. They've got so many different things that you can check out when it comes to audio. And you've got to go and shop them because they have this Really awesome, high standard for quality audio. Their tech is phenomenal. Um, they also offer you uh, awesome, like you know, uh, uh, incentives for like, hey, I don't like it. You want to send it back? You can do that. They can. You can try this thing out. They make sure that you have you know easy free return guarantee, product insurance for two years, free domestic shipping, and flat fee international shipping. They've got about a about fifty thousand five star reviews. So many cool ways to enjoy music, listening to cracking games, whatever it might be with Raycon, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buy, like I'm going to buy this, buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN. So now it's time for No Dumb Questions. No Dumb Questions is pretty simple. Other podcasts, if you don't know everything, they don't like you. I'm just going to keep it that simple. It's true. We've totally asked other podcasts. We have not. If they run their show this way and they all said yes, and then they uh, automatically blocked us. Um, and I'm not going to name podcasts. There's no podcasts that have done that, except for one, maybe. Um, and and we are all about you joining us on this hockey ride, whether you know everything about hockey or know nothing about hockey. Come Enjoy it with the Kraken Pod. And if you got a question, we'll figure it out for you. Don't be afraid to ask your question here in No Dumb Questions. So, Joey, what is this week's No Dumb Question question? Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. This week's No Dumb Question question comes from, and I apologize, I did not get her actual name, Wild Twin Farmer uh, via Instagram. And it's a good one. Uh, and the question is, when Coach pulls the goalie, do empty net goals count against save percentage and goalie record? And I don't think we've talked about this before, and so I was excited to look it up. And the answer is empty net goals do not count against a goalie save percentage. Um, there's actually a separate stat, and I, Jeff, I know that you're the stat man. Stat man? Yeah. Uh, for the podcast. <laughs> uh, co- and totally. It's, and it's ENA, which is empty net against, or ENG, empty net goals, and they are tracked. So you will see a goalie have ENAs or ENGs on their thing uh, just so you can officially track the stat, but it does not count against a goalie's overall save percentage or average. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, for wins and losses, like a win is a win and a loss is a loss. And it's one of those things where 
I'm not a particular fan of that stat. Wins and losses, when you watch all the games, that um, they don't tell the overall story. It actually reminds me a lot of like wins and losses for pitchers in baseball. Um, again, I'm going back to like Seattle Mariners. Like if you looked at like the record of, you know, Felix Hernandez, uh, Felix Hernandez, King Felix, when he was on the mound, I mean, the guy would have like a, you know, like a real low three, whatever ERA, but his win loss record would be shit. And it's because the team would never, you know, score any runs or, or play defense behind him or anything like that. Sounds kind of familiar. So yeah, wins and losses for goalies. They don't tell the full story. Um, and a win is a win and a loss is a loss. But no, it does not count against their overall save percentage, which thank God, because uh, the other night when uh, Seattle lo- uh, lost to the Calgary Flames, we actually gave up two empty net goals in that game. What I kind of like, um, and there's, you know, weirdness is like, I do in fantasy hockey like mm-hmm. it when uh, my goalie or like my team goalie, whoever started, goes to overtime because mm-hmm. that gives you those extra like, um, stretch of, of stats, you know, like, you know, extra time to get that save percentage up, um, yes. you know, kind of locks, you know, extra time to get that, uh, goals against to not worry about that. So it kind of like basically, you know, makes things kind of shrink, which is kind of cool. So yeah. yeah aren't you the it- Undertakers? Yes, yes. Yeah. I mopped, I mopped the floor with you last week and I forgot to set my lineup twice. So what's up with your team, Jeff? Uh, I had to go revamp it, which I did this week. Yeah, I no, I, I saw a bunch of notifications like Dundertakers, waiver wire, waiver wire, waiver wire. I'm like, wow, this guy's really, uh, he's really doing a fire sale. You're acting like the Edmonton Oilers front office right now. Oh, You're just trying no. to make shit happen, huh? I fixed it. I fixed it. Basically, what I had done mm-hmm. is I had drafted, uh, you know, because I forgot when we set this league up. It's not like my other league that I have where it's it's all based on um, position. You know, in the other league that I, it's just forwards and defensemen. So you can start as many centers as you want. Mm. In our in ours, we have specific, you know, spots for starting two centers, two left wings, two right wings. Mm-hmm. And on my bench, I had just like all centers. Like I had, you know, awesome centers, but that only, you know, helps you out basically, you know, maybe twice a week. So that's that's about it. So like basically I was not, getting enough guys playing. So I wasn't getting enough guys in playing games to score me points. Yeah. So I had to, you know, yeah, flush the team. So I just want to justify it, but yeah, I beat you down and uh, I moved on to two and one. Well, you, your, your, your win over Mm -hmm. me, like you, you beating me was my, um, you know, Edmonton Oiler thing. Like you just mentioned. So like, you know, thank you for waking me up. Oh, okay. I woke you up now. Yeah. I'm excited. When we come back around that you dumped a lot of your center depth, I appreciate that. Um, you know, maybe I could use a guy. Maybe I could just go in there and, and pick up a guy that you just couldn't have. Maybe he'll be like a center, you know, right wing combo, and I can use that guy to beat you, you know, later on down the road this season. We're fighting over the basement here, Joey. I mean, you're you're basement. You're... I'm top half of the league, top third of the league. No, I. What, what are the standings in our in our fantasy? I don't know, but league? I'm two and one, and I'm pretty sure I'm like top four, top five out of fourteen. Oh, so, no, uh-uh. oh, yeah, don't no. basement me. No, you are not. You are yeah. not. No, no, no. Uh, I'll get the standing. I'll I'm get them. I am. I am the Canucks right now, and no. you're you're not the Sharks. You know, you actually just might be the Kraken. <laughs> yeah, I'm very similar to that. I'm gonna look it up right now and see exactly where we are in the Kraken Pod Fantasy Squad uh, standings. What? What is your team name, by the way? I think it's Hockey Jesus. Hockey Jesus. I don't know. Look at the team that beat you last week. That would be the team. That yeah, would be my name. Well, I'm not sure. Who like Walter White. Week, I'm like, so what's my know. name? I don't know. I'm going to look and see who it was. Week, week, what, four? Sure. Yeah, Hockey Jesus. Okay. There you go. 
Well, I just blessed you. Hockey Jesus blessed you. All right, by, all right. By waking you up to try to turn your season around. You're third in the league. Okay, all right. Oh, I'll give that. you that. Crazy. I'll give mm. you that. All mm. right. There you go. Mm. That's all right. Don't worry. It's uh, I'll be back around. It's all good. So um, imagine if I set my roster. Crazy, right? Just crazy. Imagine if I didn't pick 14th out of 14. Just saying. Yes. Oh, yeah. you got to start. You got to you go in there. You have no goalies starting. So get in there and fix that. Oh, did you see my goalies, dude? I'm freaking set. It's fine. They'll be fine. They have Don't a. Worry. I'm Don't giving them a the night off to rest because I'm good at managing my team like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I have Sorokin. He's just waiting in the wings. You know, let him let him get those uh, those legs and those knees nice and nice and healthy, so he can come back and get a shutout for him. I'm not a strong drafter in fantasy sports, but when it comes to uh, riding the free agency pool and then getting my team turned back around, I always make playoffs and I always make waves. So just what just wait. So what you're saying is you don't do any of the work up front, but you work really hard throughout the season when everyone, like when you don't have time, I don't understand how you operate. I'll be honest. It's not really that it's more of like, I just don't draft. Well, I try my best. I just don't, mm. I never, I never do a good job of because that. Because so. You're not a lifelong hockey fan. Like I am. So you don't really know the game. That's true. I do you know. You're confused. You're like, wait, we got a draft by position. That's so confusing for me. What's an L dub. I know. I, I know my shortcomings here, Joey. So I'm trying to say, <laughs> all right, let's get to, uh, Kudos. You won. You won fair and square. You yeah. beat my ass. I'll, oh, okay, that might be the only time you've ever admitted defeat. So I have to. Yeah, okay. I have to. All right. um, so let's get to our three stars of the week. Um, and this is where Joey and I kind of talk about what we've been doing the past week. And, and sometimes it's hockey involved. Sometimes it's not. Um, but it's basically where we rank uh, the things that are going on in our life that we really uh, enjoy. So uh, I totally have lost. I, I think... I went last week. I want to. I was gonna agree. I think you went first last I just, week, and I should probably go first because I'm looking at the notes, and your page is just blank. So I have it. In my, I haven't written it down, but I know it's what's up. Um, okay, that's good. Yeah. So yes, um, flag football. Nope. Flag football is over. Fight. Soccer fight is going to be soccer fight and maybe wine. I don't know. No nope. <laughs> gumbo. Gumbo's number three. Ooh, okay. Soccer, soccer fight. Right. right. Soccer fight is going to be mm-hmm. number two, and then number nice. one. Yes. Yeah, Glad two. we're we'll see what's these. up with that doing these notes live all right i'm going first my third star of the week is south beach south beach miami i haven't been in 12 years and now i'm just dating myself the last time that i was out in this area was out there for uh ultra music festival so things are a little bit different this time around it's out there for my 39th birthday which i know is hard to believe wow my my luscious locks but no uh, yeah out there for my 39th birthday in south beach miami if people haven't been um it's an interesting place um I just like when you go around, like everywhere you go, there's like six figure cars. Like you just see Maseratis and Lambos everywhere. A lot of old money. There's, I forget which comedian made the joke about, but he's like, Florida is where old people go to die. I mean, there's a lot of people that retire in Florida. And listen, I get the appeal behind South Beach. It's not really the place for me, but it's fun for a visit. Like there's a lot of good food around. It's a little on the pricey side, but the beach is absolutely beautiful. You can walk everywhere. And it's just a good time. So my third star of the week is South Beach, and that's where I spent the majority of my weekend. Well, that, that uh, I'm I'm jealous. I haven't been to South Beach in like uh, twenty years, and mm. um, yeah, it's 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 people like myself and and you know you who grew up in cold weather climates. Yes, um, they retire down there. These snowbirds go down there, and they want to live in Florida. Um, in Louisiana, not many people retire to Florida in Louisiana. No, um, they stay in Louisiana. Right. They 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 retire to like, you know, 
uh, a spot down the street or just in their house. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, there so, you go. You just yeah. find them in the recliner one day. You're like, all right, that's their retirement. <laughs> yes. Uh, my third star of the week is Gumbo. I am going to attempt to make Gumbo again today. Um, I, I t- From scratch, right? So Gumbo is like a, uh, a tried and true, you know, Louisiana staple, it's it's honestly it's a word that is slandered across the country and world. Um, most people think that it's like oh, anytime we put like some seafood and some rice and some some shit together, it's a gumbo. Mm-mm. No, it's very specific. Um, it's very intimidating to me because number one, you know, like as a transplant, I'll always be a transplant. Is I want to do it right, right? My wife is from New Orleans. She does not know how to make gumbo from scratch. Um, mm. So, but she also knows, you know, what is good gumbo. I attempted this last season in the fall, and it was not good. Um, so, I, I, there's a lot you have to you have to make a good roux with gumbo, and that's like the base. That's like the 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 butter, the flour, the you know the onion, the garlic, the that sort of stuff. You got to get that to make it that brown rich color. You got to do a lot of stirring. And I tell you this, like, I know what I'm doing. I don't, I'm just, you know, going off of the recipe that I, that I am going to follow. So long story short is I'm excited to give it another go and try to get gumbo to a edible point. Last year when I made it it was, it was like barely edible. So I'm trying to go to the next level. So I'm excited about that. That's my third star of the week gumbo. And I'm also trying to like, will the cold weather to come back to Louisiana because it's hot again. Nice. I'm going to have to make a quick note here. And I know that you took care of this because my Instagram thing is going off. Uh, Wild Twin Farmer for the No Dumb Questions is Carly from Idaho. Jeff, I know that you sent the message out, which is why. So, yeah. So, shout out to Carly from Idaho. Also, we have members of the Kraken Pod fam in Idaho. And that's fucking awesome. Yeah, um, I was looking at her. Underrated um, state, by the way. Underrated state. It really is. It really is. I mean, like, I've been to Wyoming. And Wyoming and Idaho are, are like, almost the same state in a lot of ways. Um, Some would say they're geographically very close. Some would say that. Some would say that. Yeah. Um, I don't know who necessarily. Um, Anyone so we have that really have to check those facts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, what's cool is I don't know if she said, but I was looking to try and find her name and she apparently it looks like she, she, she has a farm with her sister who's a twin. So that's awesome. That's kind of cool. Carly says she's a longtime listener. Like now said, the handle so. makes sense instead of us just saying random things. All right. My second star of the week is Mila. Mila is a restaurant that I went to. It was a big birthday dinner. I don't remember what night. Was it Saturday? Uh, whatever. Time is a construct. Uh, and it was amazing. And I'll be honest, I was a little bit skeptical at first because it got sent over to me like, hey, what about this spot? And I just saw a place. I'm like, this just looks like one of those Miami places where like it's all kind of set up for the gram and people go there to get like their cute photos and videos. And like my focus is I want to have a good meal, right? Like I'm, I'm there for the food. Like if the ambiance is nice, that's great. Like the setting for me is important, but I want to go to a place that has really good food. Dude, holy shit, completely blown away. Yes, like the atmosphere was very cool. It was like all outdoorsy and like covered in plants everywhere. There was like a fire dancer and all this shit and, you know, very like Miami vibes going on. Yeah. But the service was like next level, like white glove, old school, like New Orleans Commander's Palace level of service. I mean, it was one of those things where like they were like, you go up to the bath, like you go, you get up to go to the bathroom and you come back and they've like, you know, folded your napkin for you in a cool design, like set it on your chair. You don't even realize it because you're in the middle of conversation. You look over and you're like, oh, when did I get a new drink? Well, you didn't. They just refilled it for you and you didn't have to ask. And they're just so good and quick at their service. And they're so attentive to everything. That's a big word. 
uh, that they are just really on top of their shit. And we ended up doing the like executive chef, like tasting menu, which is basically just like bring out everything and bang for your buck. That was the move to go because, oh my God, the amount of food that was consumed in two hours was absurd. It was like everything, by the way, everything like from the tuna tartare to the fucking sushi bow. I mean, like freshly caught that day and then turned in like onto our plate. It's like tuna tartare topped with caviar, a sushi bow, lobster, Wagyu. They had, you know, mushroom risotto with shaved truffles on top. Like some of the best desserts I've ever had. It was like a coconut ball with passion fruit uh, sauce on the inside. This like delicious chocolate cake. The cocktails were amazing. Espresso martinis at the end was the best espresso martini I've ever had. It was, it was a dinner that I will never, ever, ever forget. So Mila in Miami was absolutely incredible. I mean, it was such a good freaking dinner. I was completely blown away. So what do you think is going to be, would be better is like my second time ever making gumbo from scratch mm-hmm. or Mila. Mm. Think Close about call. It. Yeah, we'll see. Close we'll see. call. We'll see. You know what? Go ahead and make your gumbo tonight and then we can talk about it. You can bring some over to me along with, with the, the fish, fish and the wine and the, wine. And the Halloween candy. Was the Halloween candy last last episode? It was last episode, yeah, because you were like, I got to get this out of my house. And I said, I will happily take some off of your hands. In fact, last night while I was working, I ate an entire family, uh, family-sized family bag of Reese's Pieces to myself. And that's why my tummy hurts today. Oh, good. Okay, awesome. Uh, yeah. um, my this second is, star... This is 39, by the way. It, it never ends. Candy, never ends. candy is timeless. So, you know, you're going to enjoy that for the rest of your life and those belly aches. Um, remodeling our bedroom is underway. Um, nice. yeah, it's pretty, it, we're having fun with it. Although it's also too, as anybody who's an adult understands, um, anything that involves hiring anybody to do anything for you at your home service wise is a crapshoot. Yep. And, uh, you, if that's why, like my one only tip is if you find somebody who, calls you back um, time in a timely manner, does what they say they're going to do in a timely manner. And, and it, the service is good regardless of price, like because low end, high end pricing, I've seen it all. It, they all can suck when it comes to like getting things done. Um, so I'll just say, if you find somebody who can do some shit for you and they do it and they take care of business and they do what they say they're going to do, hang on to that person for the rest of your life. And also in my experience in doing that sort of stuff, when it comes to house stuff is eventually they will burn you eventually you, they will uh, get in a fight with you or something like that. And then you'll be screwed. And you have to start from scratch. That will happen. Um, it's very rare that you keep somebody like that for a while, but basically that's where we're at is we have gotten our house, uh, our room painted um, our bedroom. Like we hadn't done anything to it at all. It was just like the last room that we were going to touch in the house and we didn't do anything until now. So like it's gone from white to like a sort of like a dark grayish, um, uh, it's not green. I can't, just, but we painted it. Um, we're trying to get hardwood floors put in. Um, and the main reason to get hardwood floors put in, in our room is because we're going to do that in our son's room too, who has allergies and stuff. So, um, anyway, we're in the middle of that and it's kind of coming together. It, uh, it's slowing down because of, uh, some, some flooring problems, but I'm excited about it. It's nice. So I'm, I'm my, my third star is like seeing some progress in the remodeling of this, this room. Dude, when you have, when you find your like contractor person, you hold on to them like freaking gold. That's like, don't share them. That's like, I I have a guy I will never share. I will never share. I will never share my guy. He is my guy for life. I have an AC guy. That's my guy for life. And I I would never ask you because I know that rule. 
Yeah, it's hard. And also, he isn't licensed, you know, so you kind of – but you get sure. a deal. You get a deal. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah, he can do yeah. – yeah, whatever. It's all good. Listen, when so, the shoring and foundation at my house completely – like fell apart and I had to get it all done. I was getting quotes for like 50, 60 grand. I got it all done for 15. So I'll say that much. Pretty sweet. All right. What's, what's your first star? My first star of the week is Thanksgiving. My favorite freaking holiday, American holiday. I am very, very, very excited for Thanksgiving. The one day of the year where it's celebrated to just be a gluttonous, horrible piece of shit. I embrace it fully. I watch football all day. I eat like six plates worth of food. I eat until I feel uncomfortable and disgusting in my own body. It is the best day. Naps are acceptable. Eating and drinking beyond your means, which I'm just a fan of in general, is now is now socially acceptable for the day. And I am excited for it. And Thanksgiving, especially in Louisiana, and you know this very well, and we've talked about in the podcast, is different because there are just some things down here that you will never experience anywhere else, like shrimp and Merloton dressing. People are going to hear that and either know what I'm talking about or be like, what is that? If you haven't had it, severely missing out. But, dude, there's I'm so excited for it. I'm counting down the days. Thanksgiving is around the corner. Um, I agree. We're going to uh, Florida um, with the family. going to hang out there for a few days, and we're actually going to go to a restaurant, which is uh, – we're, we're excited about that, which is cool. But, yes, uh, Louisiana, Thanksgiving – the, just the dressings alone, oyster dressing, like oh, all of it. Just so oyster good. dressing, yeah, yes. So Dude, oyster um, dressing in a turkey. Oh, mm-hmm. my, oh my God. Yeah. My first star of the week is a soccer fight. I, I will not make this long. but I kind of want you to, but yeah. <laughs> here's what happened is, so my wife is, she played soccer in high school. She couldn't have gone to college to play soccer. Um, soccer is, you know, she's good at it. She's good at it, always has been. Our kids love soccer. I love soccer. I never played it, but I, it's a, I love it. It's awesome. My son's very good at it. Um, my twin daughters love to play it. My wife coaches their team along with her friend. Um, so both women, and they're the only two women coaches in this league. Now, this is for my twin daughters. It's a six-year-old rec, uh, rec soccer league. Mm-hmm. So let's put that in perspective. We don't, we're not supposed to keep score, right? And it's all, it's just, that's, that's it. Right. I would keep score. We keep score to ourselves. Right. But what we've encountered and what I've seen and which makes me really mad. And this is this is a as a girl dad. Right. This is something that makes me pissed off is that the way dudes, men and not all men at all. But I've seen my wife and her uh, friend get treated differently because these dudes are hard asses in this six-year-old rec girls soccer league, it started earlier in the season when we have a couple, my daughter and her friend are very good. Right. And um, this is still an age where there's some, you know, usually on each team, there's one or two really good soccer players that really love it. And then the rest are there just to have some fun. And then you have like one or two who don't want to be there, but are forced to be there. Right. And it is what it is. Well, there was a game where uh, we, my wife tried to like, you know, keep, keep the girls from scoring and put them on the bench and all that sort of stuff, but they just kept scoring and they, the score got, you know, really high and we're not supposed to keep score and we get it. But this other coach got really pissed off and, and text the whole league, basically accusing my wife and the other coach of like running up the league. And mm-hmm. I say to that, this bullshit. Number two, 
because I know my wife and she would never do that on purpose. And have you ever tried to herd eight, seven to eight, six-year-old girls to do anything? Never in my life. It's just imagine do it. Like, it's like you're speaking to a wall anyway. So long story short is that some of the bullshit was going on. If, if it were another dude, a couple of other dudes, they would not have gotten that same sort of shit, but they got shit on because they were women. Were you, um, I have to ask, were you sarcastic in your reply or was your wife sarcastic? It'd been like running up the score. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't keep score. We don't keep score in this league. And, and kind of, yeah. Like basically she defended, <laughs> yeah. I mean like she defended herself nicely. And then so fast. And so this past weekend, here's what happened is um, we're playing another team. Um, two coached by two two guys, same situation, and the other team they came out like just running and gunning. Our team very good, uh, I think undefeated. Um, you know, again, we're not keeping score, but this other team they put like seven goals on us like real fast in the first half. But they and also too they were these girls were very physical. There was girls they were pushing and all that sort of stuff, and we didn't say you know my wife didn't say anything about it she didn't the other coach didn't say anything about it we assumed that they were addressing it and um these other two coaches were addressing it this sort of stuff so second half comes along and our girls start to get into it and they start to make it a game and that's what triggered these guys and um one particular girl on our team she unfairly kept getting her ass beat, like pushed down, knocked down. And in the second half, she gets knocked down again, really rough. And she starts crying and she runs to her dad off the field and we replace her. And I'm pretty sure her dad said, Hey, honey, are you okay? And I'm pretty sure he said, go give it back. So I like it. A few minutes later, she comes back and elbow. She basically does. She goes after <laughs> she does. She starts to go ham. And like this happened, this happened in moments. She kind of like pushes a girl back. And my wife turns around to look at the parent and, and turns her back to what's going on in the field. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe like this. She's fighting back. Well, in that like 30 seconds, this girl started to like go after girls, you know, like pushing them and all this sort of stuff. So here's what happened is my wife didn't see this. Of course she would have stopped it. He, a parent from the other sideline gets up. He's like, Hey, Hey coach. He's come screaming. He comes walking out onto the field coach. And he starts saying, I'm, I'm the director for this age group, which my wife knew who he was, but Mm -hmm. he starts running across the field, like walking angrily across the field at like my wife. I jumped up and met him midfield. Oh shit. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, and we got into an argument. He's like, that, yeah, that, that coach needs to da, 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 like go after that. Tell that girl. Da, da, da. It's like, she didn't see it. She didn't see it happen. And we got into an argument. Game stops. This guy is like trying to get at my wife. My father-in-law, ex-Marine, a Marine, he's there. He's 72, big dude. He stands up. And like, as this guy's trying to like get in my wife's face to talk, he's like, like right in his face. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And the other two coaches on the other side, they start to be hard asses. Um, it, the guy kind of backs down a little bit, but then uh, they were games over, games over, line up, shake hands. They shake hands. And the my wife didn't shake hands with the other coach. And she's like, oh, that's, that, well, good sportsmanship there, coach. And I was like, are you being sarcastic to my wife? Do you blame her for not wanting to shake your hand? Because you guys are, uh, and I said this in the middle of his argument, he's like, I got a bunch of dudes over here coming up these at these two women. If these were two guys, you all wouldn't be doing this. And like, no, that's a bunch of bullshit. Da, da, da. So like, it was insane, Joey. I'm telling you, it was like, it was nuts. I love it when you hit that extra gear. This makes me and, so happy. And I got, so, I was so fucking pissed off because 
and I kept and I kept and, I, and when that other coach was like, "Hey, uh, you, uh, you good, good game, coach," and I started barking at him. Finally, his little bench coach guy comes over and is like, "Is there a problem?" And he, after five minutes of me confronting the whole team and my father-in-law. This little dude comes over, he's like, is there a problem going on? And he's in my face. I'm like, all right, guy. All right, man. All right. Yeah, okay. So anyway, we walk off. It was heated. My wife fucking crying. Like, just it was terrible. Like, oh, it man. was it was horrible. Yeah. So long story short, you know, we, we we couldn't believe what happened. We sent the the guy who, the parent who came over, he sent, an, he sent a text to my wife because he was the director of the, which basically means he was like the coordinator making sure people got to where they needed to get to. He had no, he wasn't a director of, of any soccer, whatever. Mm-hmm. He basically was like, I'm so embarrassed. I uh, acted terribly. I am no, I quit. I'm no longer the director of the age group. I am um, so embarrassed. I'm so, I apologize dah, 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 for how I acted. Dah, 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 dah. So long story short is it was nuts. And I, and we are headed towards, cause we, you know, two of our three kids are really into sports and I can just see where we're going. We're headed into like crazy territory. And I, but I also like the fact that these men in front of their daughters who were on this team, by the way, like the coach's daughters were some of the more aggressive players, right? Yeah. But these coaches in front, in like what they showed their daughters, what is it was okay for men to come screaming at, like screaming and yelling. Uh, instead of being rational um, and trying to talk things out at my wife. And nice. I'm sure and, things at home, they're doing that in public. I'm sure things at home are just splendid. Right. My wife and, um, and you know, Leah, who, who coaches with my wife, their friends, you know, they're not, you know, they're, they're not, uh, they're petite women. And I was like, if I said to this guy, these guys, like if, if there were, if there were two dudes that were coaches over here, that are bigger than me. And bigger than y'all, this wouldn't be happening right now. And that's the absolute truth. And that's a bunch of bullshit. And I, we made no to that. And we had a family meeting afterwards. And we basically said, hey, look, that is not how you treat girls. I said to Ford, like, you, that's not how you treat women. You, you never, you know, use you being a boy to make them feel scared or intimidated. That's just not how, how, how you act as a, as a man. And that's exactly what they did. And the, the good thing is... We found out is uh, so that the one of the coaches they go to our school, so that's good. So that's great. So we're going to see them for a while. So anyway, nice. I'll be good. No man. But, I mean, you know, you know what? Like all, all joking aside, that's an insane situation. Uh, I mean, I, I I would say I can't believe that it happened, but I very much can oh, believe yeah, that it yeah. happened. And it's a freaking you know six year old rec league. But you know what? You you took it. You took something out of it and you turn it into like, you know, a positive, you know, life lesson and had the family meeting, which I think at the end of the day, right, you can only control what you control. So you can control how you respond to a situation. And then you took okay. it and you took it as like a life lesson. So, oh, well, thank you, Joey. Uh, I appreciate that. Hold on one second. Don't don't stop the podcast. More wine has showed up in my house. I'm going oh to bring God. you wine. Wait, just hold on. Wait, you can start wrapping up the episode. I'll be right back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm wrapping up the episode now because Jeff has more wine being delivered to his house. I literally just heard somebody in the background, like come to his door. I don't know. I'm starting to question everything now because Jeff gives me so much shit about the amount of drinking I do, which, you know, granted after going on like, you know, like a 19 hour bender, uh, it's not really the easiest to defend myself. But with that being said, this guy 
has so much money in his house that he does not know what to do with it. And yet, oh my God. All right, he's coming back in the picture. And I'm just right, still there. everything at this point now. You hit your camera, so everything froze. But I do see a giant, a, and I'm not, I'm not underselling, a giant box that you are holding. The very specific date and time on it. I'm just, you know, if you need to offload anything. You know, I'm bringing, I'm in New Orleans tomorrow. I'm like Deion Sanders. I ain't hard to find. Unless more super fog comes through. Yeah, what's up um, with that? It sucks. We uh, Basically, I live across the lake um, on the other side of New Orleans, and there's two bridges that get you across. And because there's some um, marsh fires going on to the east of New Orleans, um, and they've been going on for a while because it's so dry in Louisiana. All these things are so weird because it's never dry in Louisiana, but it's been so dry this year. Longest continuous bridge over water, by the way. The causeway. Uh, the causeway bridge i drive it almost daily yes, and, um so anyway um is mixed with the weather conditions which you know is humid in the morning even though it hasn't rained mm-hmm. and this smoke it produces this super fog that's closed these bridges down so i've been stuck uh out of new orleans so but i'm coming to new orleans tomorrow unless there's super fog mm-hmm. joey i will bring you a bottle of wine i will bring you fish and i think I don't know if we threw out the Halloween candy or not yet, but what I'll bring you some candy. candy. What a waste of candy if you did. It's, it has to get out of our house. It just has to go. So You know what? You also need a good vibes only mug. We got to turn this season around at some point. You know, I'm going to come get it tomorrow for sure. 100%. Dave Haxel texted me last night and he said, did Jeff pick up the mug yet? And I'm like, Dave, worry about coaching. I worry about I you. think that's part of it. I think it's part of it. I think that's part of it. I think there's some weirdness going on. I thought November would flush it, but maybe it's like mid- Thanksgiving will flush it. Yeah, well, you know, we're all so, we're all wrong sometimes. Anyway, all right, cool. Well, then, um, that's pretty much it for the podcast this week. Um, you know, thank you so much for listening. The Kraken still have a shot to do this. They have enough. I think they have enough light to, to figure this out. November twenty fourth. I, I would like to beat Vancouver. We'll see what happens against Colorado, Edmonton, and Colorado. I just want to see some fire. I really do. Like I'd love wins, but I really want to see a fight, right? Some fight, like and maybe well, a literal I want to see fight. Turbo back as well, and he has been practicing with the red non-contact jersey on, so he's he's getting close. Yeah, but thank you for listening. Thank you for following on social media, the Kraken Pod or at Kraken Pod. Really appreciate it. Have an awesome week, and we will leave you with our Kraken Pod chirp of the week. I'm getting so cold, though. Whoa! Empty that in. Good job, buddy. 50 seconds. Good job. Woo!